You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. I've never seen scandal after scandal hit a company in such a short amount of time. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. We don't really know what's in e-cigarettes. California has unfortunately led the nation in officer-involved killings. This is KCBS In-Depth. That is the sound of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus performing very much not in San Francisco. This particular performance actually took place during a 2017 tour of the nation's southern states. For that tour, the group set out specifically to visit states that have passed laws restricting the rights of LGBTQ people and to confront those laws, along with the views behind them, with music. I'm Keith Manconi, this is KCBS In-Depth, and that journey was chronicled in Gay Chorus Deep South. It's a documentary film premiering in San Francisco this coming weekend. We're going to be learning more about that journey and the film on today's program to help guide us along in that conversation. I'm joined now by KCBS Entertainment reporter Jan Wall. So, uh, Jan, you brought this film to my attention. Uh, I understand you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. I've been (laughs) part of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus in the past, have appeared on stage with them. I'm a huge fan of Tim Selleck's, and, and it is just a remarkable film. The film itself is something people should see because like all good movies, it moves quickly, it gets you involved. You don't have I mean it is not about it's not a cause film. This is not about causes. This is about humanity and it's also about the healing power of music. And it just touches your heart. And it's a lot of people who have to forgive and it's about regrets. It's just it's got every element you would want in a film. And you also learn about what's happening down south and how a lot of those people are unfairly stereotyped. And so it it works on every level. And you get to know the great guys in the San Francisco Gay Men's Course. All right, perfect. So a lot of threads to unwind there, and we are going to do that throughout the course of this conversation. But let's uh, let's introduce the guests that we're going to have on KCB in depth uh, right now. In studio, we have Tim Selig. He is the artistic director and conductor of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, and he was a subject of the film. Tim Selig, welcome to the Thank show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Also want to welcome on the film's director. That would be David Charles Rodriguez. Uh, David, thanks for being here as well. Hello. Thank you. So, uh, Tim, uh, let's start with where this tour came from. So take us back to 2017. 16. Oh, so it yeah. really linked to the election then. It did. Yeah. Within two days of the, the election. That's where the idea we, came we from. We were approaching our 40th anniversary with the mm-hmm. Gay Men's Chorus, which is momentous since we, you know, there were many times when we didn't know there would be a chorus through the AIDS pandemic and finding relevance in a, in a new world, in a, in a kind of a gay TV world. So uh, achieving... an ultimate goal of taking an international tour, which the chorus had done before. So we were going to mainland China and planning toward that. And as the fall went on, we, uh, that started to fade because we were going to be spending a lot of money to get to China. And we were told by people in China that, of course, the state-run media would never pick up anything of our tour. So we were already having second thoughts when the election happened. And two days later, our board chair 
called the office, the staff, and said, why are we spending all this money to go to China where we won't make much of an impact? We should go to the South where they're continuing to pass bills of discrimination against LGBTQ people. Uh, so I'll leave that. And so we, we decided that we would do a red state tour, and that went viral. The, the court, San Francisco Gayman takes us a red state tour, and then people were writing and say, oh, that's going to be a long tour because there are 33 red states. Are you going to all 33? And we were like, okay, we should change the name it's really quick. And, kind of um, narrow things down a little bit. Narrow, narrow it down. And we knew that we wanted to go to Mississippi and North Carolina. Mississippi has, uh, the day before we arrived in Jackson, had passed the worst um, religious freedom discriminatory act on the on the books in any state. So we knew we had to go there. We decided to start there and we needed to finish in North Carolina because of the bathroom bill and the, the turning back of the clock. So that's how that all started. And we asked the guys, you know, you were going to spend X amount of money to go to mainland China and see China. Would you would you spend sort of the same amount or less, but for a beautiful week of taking off work, paying for your own way, and we're going to trade in Beijing for Selma. And that... It, could have been a hard sell. Well, Tim, some of these guys actually were raised in the South. And then part of part of David's job of selecting the featured uh, guys in the film was looking for those those uh, the men who had contact or had grown up or were from the South because then it tied in so beautifully of them visiting their their families, et cetera. Every good movie gives you certain celluloid moments that live in your mind after you've seen the film. And I cannot get the moment out of my head up when you go to Selma, Alabama, and there you are crossing that famous bridge. Right. And it is, and I'm rooting not just for the gay men's course, I always root for them, but uh, of course I'm rooting for the Southerners who are open and want to be there and loving. And uh, could you comment? I on would. That? Uh, I think each person in the course of the just under 300 that went on the tour has their own highlight. But to a person, the highlight um, for everybody, one of the high, major highlights was that we went to the Brown AME Chapel where they met on Bloody Sunday and where they had launched a revolution of the civil rights revolution in the basement with Martin Luther King surrounded by projects. We had police escorts. And the reason they did it, uh, they had this revolution at that church is because of the projects. The police were afraid to come break up the meetings because of all of the people that surrounded it. So um, the chapel seats 300 people. We filled every seat. It was not for an audience. It was just for us. And we had four people who had actually marched on Bloody Sunday. They marched from the Brown Chapel to the bridge. And um, we didn't have time to march from the chapel to the bridge, and besides, there's too many people. So um, we took a bus over to the bridge, and at the beginning we sang, Love Can Build a Bridge. And then they had, they had said they've only closed the bridge for Barack Obama in the last 15 years or 20 years. And so they weren't going to close it for us. Well, there were so many of us walking two by two, which you saw, or you will see, um, interspersed with brilliant film of Bloody Sunday. And we started, of course, take, you know, getting off into the street and closing in a little bit. And the police were like, okay, fine, we'll shut the bridge down because <laughs> it was becoming a hazard. And you'll see that beautiful shot of uh, us across well, David, the Edmund Pettus Bridge. May I ask David, David, um, what was your biggest fear about directing a scene like that? Um, I mean, honestly, my biggest fear was of us not being able to cross the bridge, you know, because as Tim was, was saying that, you know, they, they didn't give us permits, they didn't let us do it. And, 
what ended up happening um, in reality was, you know, we crossed it in the same fashion that it was originally crossed, you know, because the, 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 the original plan was to, you know, get permits and close it down and, you know, do this kind of epic crossing and shoot it that way. And then when I heard we couldn't get authorization to do that, um, I was just, yeah, I mean, my only fear was it not happening. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, don't, mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't afraid of anything else. When I first heard about this film, guys, I was sure there was going to be the Klan, there was going to be anti, there were going to be riots, uh, you know, there's going to be hatred, things thrown at you. Any of that kind of thing that was the That was the fear. And uh, I grew up in Texas. It's the South. It's the bad South. And I knew it wouldn't happen. I knew that wouldn't happen. Um, we left two weeks after Charlottesville, which only f- fueled the flame of the fear of people who've never been out of California and, and have a perception of what the South is like. And um, we had a lot of security. We did a pre-tour. You're going to love this and my response to it. In Birmingham, we had a huge room of 20 people. They were local law enforcement, state law enforcement, and they were getting their plan together for the big gays to come to Birmingham. <clears throat> and they said, well, well, we'll be monitoring, monitoring the chatter for about a month before you get here. And I was like, chatter? Chatter? That's called ticket sale. Oh my gosh, there's chatter about our concert. This is perfect. And uh, it wasn't perfect, but they were they were amazing. And we had police escort the whole tour. I mean, because there was um, hatred there. there oh, was, yes. I mean, you, oh, definitely. You, you definitely show the hatred, don't you, David? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Not all of it, though. Yeah. Not all of it. And yeah. David uh, chose to keep, uh, to take the high road. I mean, as David said last night at a screening, um, that's the predictable shot of people protesting. I mean, yeah, of course. And he he just kept it, you know, to the human, mm-hmm. as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And your intro was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Humanity. Yeah. And, 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 you know, most importantly, I really wanted to give an authentic, um, to portray an authentic experience of the tour itself. And, you know, I think, you know, 90% of it was beautiful and positive and what you see on film. And, you know, 10% was the more expected, you know, backlash and, you know, the, you know, the, the people holding up the signs and, and, you know, I just, it just didn't feel, it just didn't feel honest to, you know, get those moments and just, you know, sprinkle them through and, and, and show something, you know, show a side of the South that was so small in comparison to the beauty that, that we experienced and witnessed there. And, and the power of, of music. Yeah. The power and of then music. the power of music. David, Absolutely. one of the things that we haven't talked about uh, on any of these Q&As about the, <laughs> the safety issues was each each venue, the five big venues, uh, which are concert halls, they're Davies Symphony Hall-esque. Um, every one of them asked, well, we'll have security. We'll have lots of security. But do you want metal? Do you want them to go through metal detectors and bag checks? And we were we talked about this a lot. And we were trying to provide a safe space for LGBTQ people and allies to come and feel and feel safe. And that didn't feel good to us because they don't do it. The answer was they don't do that ordinarily in these halls. And we're like, we're not going to put that extra layer of fear because then people go, "Uh oh, this is out of the ordinary. They don't this isn't usually at this concert or symphony hall. And we voted to no provide that safe space where they came in and said, we'll take care of you. And it, thank goodness we did have one bomb threat oh, along man. the way. Um, 
but it wasn't a bomb. There was not a bomb. They did a bomb sweep. And where was that? Uh, that was actually in Greenville at the First Baptist Church. The bomb threat. Not hmm. surprising. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So a lot of unexpected discoveries uh, made along the way. We're going to talk about more of them. But first, I want to remind our listeners that you're listening to KCBS In-Depth. I am Keith Menconi. Today, we're speaking to some of the people behind the documentary film Gay Chorus Deep South. It's a movie that chronicles the journey of the San Francisco gay men's chorus to the Deep South to bridge divides through music. I'm joined today by KCBS entertainment reporter Jan Wall. Joining us also, we have in studio Tim Selig, the artistic director and conductor of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And on the phone, we have the film's director, David Charles Rodriguez. Now, we've been talking here a little bit about some of the unexpected kindness, some of the unexpected discoveries that were made in the South. Uh, one moment that occurs pretty early in the film is you go on a local radio station. It's mm -hmm. a fairly conservative radio station in Knoxville. And uh, to hear your account, it sounds like you were kind of gunning up for battle, getting ready. ready. You were ready. <laughs> I was ready. Um, but as we'll hear in this clip, uh, it, it, the confrontation didn't exactly occur. It was somewhat disarming. And I think it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful sentiment. And I hope that People are touched by the sentiment. Yeah, thank you. We've got to take a short break. Stay with us. Great. This was not the show we thought we were coming to. We were armed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dang it. Well, See, I think you'll find that the people who are hostile, I think there's probably a little bit of a, uh, a myth out in California that, right. like, there's all these people down here in the so, South that are hostile. I know, I know Those are the, that is the extreme Here's minority. Here's the cool thing. Absolutely true. It is the cool extreme is, minority. I, being I mean, we think those people are weird. Mm. You know, a lot of the false assumptions on both sides create these yeah. fake realities that we all Probably. just exist in. Yep. You know, and unless you ever really try and pursue real reality, what we talk about all That's the time. That's what we say all the time. Reality's yeah. coming back. We're all people. We're all just trying to make it. You know. Thanks. Hey, no, thank you. So a uh, little bit of a surprise there. Well, it was a total surprise. I had told the crowd the night before, which is in the film, I get to see, I get to meet the alt-right in the morning on TV. And um, I was ready because I have 35 years as a Southern Baptist um, minister in and out of the church. And I know all the scriptures that have been used as weapons that are out of context. And a, subsequently, Reverend Jim Dant, the pastor of First Baptist Greenville, has written a book <clears throat> on a guide for LGBTQ Christians, and he takes every one of those scriptures and debunks them. It's really beautiful. So that was a wonderful result of the tour. But I was ready. Like, I've lived your, your right-wing fundamentalist life. I'm ready. And then they got there, and the guy just wanted to talk about he likes Sopranos a lot. And I was like, what? what? Where am I? And as you will notice... They didn't let me get an, a word in edgewise. I did every, notice that. Every I time notice. I was like, they would like jump over. And especially in leaving, I wanted to say one parting nice thing or not nice. Yeah. And they talked all the way over to where I finally just went, thanks. <laughs> you did, so you, you did, was, you I did, did look, just turn and went, thanks. Yeah. Go in peace. You did look a tiny bit deflated by that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but that's okay. I mean, it's interesting how divided the nation is. And mm -hmm. David and his team tried everything to get us on a, a far right-wing uh, radio station, Christian radio station, they were having none of it. Mm. Yeah, because it would have been a possibly powerful movie Oh, it would have been. Then that people have to see mm. this, the bridge being built. And they were like, mm. nope, not going to use our land for the br half a bridge. You know, but you still show people 
the the hatred is still alive and well. I mean, not well, but I was just with two gay men. Uh, uh, both of them were part of that. Um, they're from Utah, and they were, one yeah. of them was in one of those camps where they tried to yeah. make you straight, mm -hmm. and one of them had uh, actually gone through all kinds of terrible tests and uh, very messed up, you know, and uh, pray away the gay. They kept saying yeah. everyone told them to pray away the gay. Yeah, amen. So that stuff, <laughs> that stuff is still happening. Amen. Yeah. Well, I gave up prayer, so I'm going to stay gay. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. okay. Apparently. Then I'll stop praying yeah. for you. Thanks. <laughs> David, uh, David, I wonder how you set the priority for some of the shots that you put into this film. I'm, uh, I'm sure there were many different stories that came up through the course of, you know, we learn a lot about the chorus members through the course of this film, their own personal journeys, as we've mentioned, many of them are from the South, have had, uh, in cases, traumatic experiences in their upbringing, and San Francisco ended up being something of a refuge for them. So I'm sure there was a lot there that I was cut out on the cutting room table. How, how, how did you sort through all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we had 300, 300 hours of footage. Um, and 300 members. Films. And 300, yeah. <laughs> and 300 An hour members. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, and, that would have been you know, tough. I was, I was lucky enough to work with the brilliant um, Jeff Gilbert, who's our, you know, incredibly talented editor. And I think what we realized when we were building the story and, you know, um, a lot of it was uh, I, you know, I, I pre, you know, I, I, before even going on tour and, and before we even started shooting, I used the songs as kind of a guideline um, to create the structure and the arc and the narrative. And um, that helped inform, you know, a lot of the things we shot and a lot of the moments that we, we captured. Um, but what was interesting as we got, you know, deeper into the edit, you know, there were other things that we captured and saw that, you know, we wanted to include and we wanted to be part of this journey as well. But um, things just, you know, it would just slow down the movie and it didn't make sense. And then we finally realized that um, that whenever we had a moment, you know, that it was about music connecting mm -hmm you know, um, two people from dif different sides of the aisle, um, that's, you know, that's when it made sense for the film and everything else kind of started getting cut out. And, and we really focused on that idea of, you know, using music as a bridge to, to mm -hmm. connect two people, you know, whether it's, you know, Tim and his past and in the church in Greenville, you know, through Amazing Grace or Jimmy and his dad, you know, mm -hmm. through the Patsy Cline song, yeah, that, and then another, you know, another big um, challenge, you know, which I was very proud of, of our our solution and, and what we ended up doing um, was the actual opening. You know, we, we always knew we wanted to open with Dance with the Storm, but, um, you know, we tried every every type of, of opening, you know, um, mixing in, you know, news reports, you know, building up the tension in that way and, you know, just, you know, using abstract stained glass. You know, we tried we tried every type of, of, you know, artful or cinematic or documentary style way to cut the opening. And then it, nothing was just feeling, you know, right. It just didn't feel like it belonged to the rest of the film. And then I just kind of went back to the very first day I filmed the chorus when I was at rehearsal with them. And, you know, just being there, seeing them sing and seeing their faces. I realized that the entire story was already, you know, in their faces, in right. their emotion, in their expression, you know, and, and 
you know, and everything they've, they've been through, you know, the good and the pain. And, and yeah. that's why I decided to open the film, you know, just showing faces and faces and faces. And, and I well, feel and like it, it was a beautiful segue in that we were really singing in churches. We were singing to mm-hmm. religious people wow. in North Carolina. They said our, our legislature meetings um, are like church. They open with a prayer to Jesus at the legislature every meeting and like and you have people that are of other religion doesn't matter Tim, doesn't matter you knew to get to them through I did. the church i did and we sang music in, so this wasn't things look swell things look, it, you know there's the no show, the show was like show business. the show was yeah. well with patsy klein and there was one other mm-hmm. number that didn't make the film that like they had drag and just uh-huh. adorable but we had to keep them entertained it couldn't have been just it was like our normal a concert yeah, yeah. with up and down and fun and crazy, uh, but opening at Grace Cathedral with the rose stained glass and the guys is per, was the perfect opening because we ended in a church in the South and right. it just bookended and, it so beautifully. And that was the way it was accessible to a lot of people was to keep Correct. it religious, um, not religious, Absolutely. but you could be any religion and understand the humanity yep. that was in the gay men's chorus and bringing this love. Oh, it's, a, it's just so touching. <laughs> Thank you. Well, before we move on, I want to remind our listeners one last time that you're listening to KCBS In-Depth. I'm Keith Manconi, joined by KCBS entertainment reporter Jan Wall. Today we're discussing a very special music tour taken by the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus to America's southern states. It's a tour that was captured in the film Gay Chorus Deep South. To tell us about it, we're joined in studio by Tim Selig, the artistic director and conductor of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And on the phone, we have the film's director, David Charles Rodriguez. You know, Tim, I'm curious because there is this perception of San Francisco as perhaps looking down on the rest of the country or thinking that it has a savior mission for the rest of the country. And you did run into that uh, opinion in, well, didn't in, in places. Yeah. <clears throat> even even among uh, folks that are, uh, I remember there was one interview with a gentleman that is a gay rights advocate himself. And he was saying, you know, we, we already have some of this work going on down here. Uh, and to have people from the coast coming over and telling us, right. well, our perception is they're telling us how we should be doing right. this. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some pushback to that. What were your thoughts? Well, I was very angry at him because he uh, was ever he's very intelligent his uh, his life centers around LGBTQ historical south and so he's completely focused on that and he he chose to completely misrepresent the purpose of our trip hmm. never was it to be we're going to tell you how to do this because like in San Francisco it's you don't have to do it very hard here and they are courageous people and they are working that we just went to bring some music to lift them up to encourage them which i i think it says in the film every penny that we raised along the way we gave to organizations like his to continue their work in in grants from the money we raised and those organizations have thrived this was more money for some of these little organizations organizations than their annual budget and so we never can't, we never ever said we're going to tell them how to do this. What they are doing is courageous people staying in the South in these terrible, terrible laws above them, but trying to make a change is far more courageous than anything we do here. Hmm. And he just that was a cho- a choice. It was quite a colorful interview that David um, edited really beautifully because my face was as red as this shirt i was so you would angry. never know that really no I, and it's fine that we didn't get into that yeah <clears throat> and then the interview with the the church that wouldn't let us speak there and his well if this smacks of in your face i'm like 
<laughs> we're smarter than that. This is not what that's about. That's a brilliant scene um, mm. when he says, um, just don't feel the nudge to celebrate your uniqueness. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we need to move on here. David, why did you want to tell this story? I mean, you are not involved. I mean, you are not part of the gay community. Why did you want to tell this? Um, well, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, although I'm straight, I've always been a, a close part. You know, I've always ally. been very close to uh -huh. the gay community. I don't even like to use the word ally because, you know, I've, I've been in it, you know, even since I was a teenager, you know, mm. through my friends or even through drag culture and all these other, you know, you know, worlds. Um, I've, I've just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a very, it's, I'm very comfortable in that world. Yeah, David, was who, very, very who was the, who was the entertainment or the um, efficient at your wedding? Hecklina. Hecklina. Oh, Hecklina. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wonderful. So he's gay. Really. Okay, okay. Yeah. You're, you're in it. You're part of it. Yeah. In 2010, I got married in San Francisco, actually, okay. at Stern Grove. Uh -huh. And Hecklina was um, uh -huh. the hostess and officiant of our wedding. So that that's your in. <laughs> so someday the yeah. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are going to go down to the South, and you're going to have a whole yes. new movie. Oh, I yes. mean, yes. can you imagine? Oh, my God. oh that would open sure. up crazy. <laughs> You know, then we would have gotten stuff thrown at us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. But what, what really drew me to, to make this film, um, you know, there were two moments. I think the first moment was, you know, reading the article and and understanding, you know, I was I was really looking for ways or inspiration to bridge the divisiveness that surfaced from the elections. And um, out of everything that I had seen, you know, that was really the one thing that stood out to me as you know these guys you know these men really have a shot uh, you know at doing something hopeful and bringing some love and positivity and and, and creating you know being role models to how we need to re-engage and, and and create a dialogue and a bridge you know with both sides so that was really the the the, the starting point the big inspiration and then you know the second was you know that day you know that i talk a lot about actually when i went to to see them at rehearsal um, and just how they welcomed us and and how we kind of became one big family making this film together. Yeah, um, it was very special. Well, we're just uh, just about running out of time right now. But uh, just to get a closing thought from you, Tim, I mean, this uh, sounds like a remarkable journey that you went on that a lot of people went on. What would you say is the main thing that you personally took away from this experience? This um Going back to the church after 33 years, going to a Baptist church and being on the pulpit and directing was was off-putting. Of course, well, I was I was really scared because you have your own personal history with the church. I do, and yeah. um, when going back there and then seeing this beautiful reconciliation and and Jim Dant, the pastor, has become a dear friend of the chorus and comes out and meets with the chorus and it's just amazing. Um, people ask, well, so did you get saved? You get resaved, and I was like, "Oh no, I didn't." But um, you know, you're estranged from your family. My whole family are Trump supporters in Texas, and you don't go. You don't go. You don't go to holidays. You don't go. You just don't go because the conversation is just terrible. And then one year, you decide, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this," and you go back for Thanksgiving, and the door opens, and you smell the turkey, and you smell mom's dressing, and you you see the pumpkin pie that only she can make, and all those trappings come to your heart and just move you and then you leave and you haven't agreed on anything other than the dressing and the pumpkin pie. <laughs> I have no no interest in their beliefs, none of them. Mm -hmm. But all the trappings touched me. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened at the First Baptist Church. I allowed myself to go, this is 
this part is so beautiful. And I threw that baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. and I can take that back. I'm not saved. I didn't return to the to the religion of my younger, my first 35 years. But so much of it that I had shut out, I didn't. I didn't need to. Wow. All right. Well, with Thanksgiving coming up, maybe those are some words that uh, folks out there can live by. Uh, <laughs> good for... luck. <laughs> Hope the dressing's good. Yeah, yeah but not regret the past, nor wish no, to shut the door on it, no. but learn to live with it and love it. Exactly. And know that God's not mad at you. And Jimmy, who is still fighting uh, cancer, starts chemo today. His 19th round of chemo has been talking to his father since then and is returning for the holidays to see his dad. So there you go, yeah. film take that there we go yeah. that's Beautiful. what we call a productive film right there all right yeah. well one last time everybody uh, this has been kcbs in depth uh, joining me has been jan wall kcbs entertainment reporter thank you jan thank you for letting me have this opportunity <laughs> absolutely and in studio we've been speaking with tim selig he is the artistic director and conductor of the san francisco gay men's chorus thank you tim Thank you. And by phone, we've been hearing from the film's director, Dave Charles Rodriguez. That film, once again, is Gay Chorus Deep South. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. The film opens in San Francisco Friday, November 22nd at the Roxy Theater, where it will have a limited run. It's also going to broadcast on MTV next year. Thanks for listening to KCBS In-Depth. I'm Keith Benconi. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS.